This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we'll be talking about the Texas Rangers. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody, and welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington. Joined in the studio today, we got a full cast. To my left, we have David Moore. Say hi, David. Hello. And did across from me. <laughs> he never listens. He said, say hi, David. <laughs> we have Evan Grant. Evan, say hi. Hi. There you go. See Hello, you. everybody. How's everybody doing? We're doing great. I'm, you doing, know the, 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 I'm doing fantastic. The, you know why? Why is that? The season is over. Season's over. You got an exit <laughs> conference, to, uh, press conference today. Uh, I'll be out there with you. Uh, and then you know the Cowboys won. It, you know they, they did. They look great this week, and they, we're they all did. about that yeah. this week. Woo! Yeah, what are we all worried about? It's never other week, sort of thing. Uh, we all worried. Worried. Uh, worried is not the right word. To put I think for. that's what Jerry said walking into the locker room the other night. Because I'm I'm big on that Jerry walking into Cowboys the locker don't really they they don't really get worried or concerned. Those aren't words they like to use at the star. Yeah, no, whatever. Jason Garrett. But this, we're going to talk about the Cowboys later, and we're also going to talk to, to our old pal Barry Switzer on, on colleges because this is Texas OU week. But right now, we're going to talk about the Rangers. Evan, how about those Rangers? Why are you chuckling? Well, I mean, just yeah, nervous. Laughter. How about those Rangers? What about it? The season's over with, thankfully, mercifully. Um, it was a bad season, and well, it, it was a bad season in, in a lot of ways in that this team was 1-1 one one on March 30th and never saw 500 again. Um, it's a, it's the least competitive Rangers team that I believe I've seen probably since Ron Washington's first year. Um, they just never – there was never a real good stretch of baseball. Uh, never a bunch of guys in a groove. The pitch, the starting pitching was awful all yeah. year, uh, and in and, the that's, sec- and that's about ninety percent of the problem. That's yeah, I, I think that's the entirety of the problem. I mean, I I don't know that I think ninety percent might be underselling it, and yeah. that I think that's a big a big line of questioning for John Daniels today um, in in this postseason wrap up press conference is okay. You know, I know I get it that there are you've got some guys at the lower levels that you think are really good, but. How are you going to construct a pitching staff that's – I'm not talking about a contending pitching staff. How, how are you going to con, construct a representative pitching staff? Right. Um, how are you going to – you've got one starter coming back in Mike Miner. Um, I think Ariel Gerardo, Yolanda Mendez, Adrian Sampson will all be battling for, for rotation spots, but at best these are back end of the rotation guys, and that's at best. Uh, and then you've got to go find multiple starters. And I don't know how you're going to do it. Um, I think that uh, I think that the the pro- the rebuilding process will kind of, in terms of results, will at least kind of hit its nadir in 
2019. So we, we haven't seen it. its nadir, <laughs> is what you're saying. We have not yet. Oh, man. We were above the nadir at the moment. <laughs> Won't you be we my nadir? We were pre-nadir. <laughs> yeah. Won't you be my nadir? Um, well, th- this is my question, not to interrupt you. If, yes. If I'm, no, but, go uh, ahead, please. Uh, please yeah. <laughs> you're over here Give me the sign. Please yeah. interrupt him. <laughs> Stop this. But that's the thing. When Often when a franchise endures a season this bad – they were able to put some things in place or they have something on the horizon they can turn to. They're building toward that next season. But your comment about they haven't reached the nadir. I mean, I guess when you look at it from the context of have they done anything this season to move forward with, when you look at it from that perspective, yes. is this the, que- the the answer to your question? Is yes, and okay. that is that they've acquired uh, guys who will remain in the organization. About a dozen pitching prospects. Okay, now, how many of those guys will pan out long term? I don't know. Well, they but, got Mike Miner. But the most important thing this season was to turn some of those veteran pieces that they had and some pieces that were that they had signed as kind of hopeful. Yeah. Uh, in case they contended those kinds of pieces into some degree of pitching talent. And they did that. I think they did a good job in acquiring a number of pitchers. And they didn't get anybody who's necessarily a top 100 prospect, but they did get three guys uh, who, in, well, in Taylor Hearn and Wei Chi Huang. That's right. I close got enough. that one. Close I got enough. that one close. Have you worked on that? I've, I've worked, I have. Uh, they got two guys who went right into the double A um, roster, and I think that Hearn uh, could pitch in the big leagues next year as a starter, uh, probably in the second half. I think Wong will, at some point in time, get a chance at the big league roster as well. Uh, so th- those things are are put in place, but it's nothing that's going to turn into results, positive results next year. This team lost sixty seven this year. I think you could be looking at the first one hundred loss season since. 1973. 94, you mean. What's that? You said they lost 67. They won 67. They won 67. Yes, they won 67. I think you could be looking at the first 100 lost season since 73. Yeah, that's the the really depressing, disappointing thing about all this is that they allowed this to kind of come to this end. You know, he waited too long uh, to to do something about it. You know, they had – of course, you had at the top of the rotation, you had Hamels and, and Darvish. That's pretty good. You know, or they should be pretty good. That was going into 2017, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and so that's a pretty good situation to be in. But then it just turned out that that nothing panned out behind that. And this, and you know, uh, when uh, when they had the press conference uh, announced in Bannister's dismissal, I asked John Daniels because he was talking about in the organization the things we're looking at, and I said, would you characterize these as sweeping changes that you're going to make here? And I don't think he wanted to say that, but uh, I think they need to make sweeping changes. I think they need to, to look at everything they're doing at every level of this organization because I think there are a lot of questions to ask. Uh, among them, and that's what I want to talk to you about, is that you, you remember when uh, Jeff Bannister's big mission with the pitching staff, uh, along with Doug Brocale, was we're going to pitch inside, you know, and, and we're going we're gonna to back these guys off the plate, which, which was a really 60s – kind of uh, initiative of my I mean you know that's just that's baseball now everybody wears body armor now you can't get guys off the plate anymore and I think in the end and it was a sore subject with them because in, in in July I when they were in Anaheim and there was another hit batter uh, 
How did, how did they finish in the, in the league and hit batters? Um, I don't know where they ranked in the league and hit batters. They were at one point in time on pace for a major league record, but that that did peter out as the season went along. Um, but the the thing to me was, and I mentioned this on Twitter um, in July after another hit batter in Anaheim, that the pitching inside thing is not intimidating anybody if that's no. their intent. Um, they finished fifth in the in the majors and hit batters this year, and um, uh, it, it hasn't been successful. And I got a I got a face full of banister after that um, because apparently he was reading Twitter. Um, <laughs> but uh, here's the thing: pitching inside is successful if you can command the fastball, right. and if you can command the fastball everywhere. Pitching outside is effective if you can yeah. command the fastball. It all comes down to commanding the fastball first and foremost. And this team, I will say this for this team, they cut down on their walk significantly this year. Um, now, But they're not striking out anybody. They're not striking out anybody. And guys hit 290 against them. You know? yeah. so, um, but they didn't give up as many free bases as they have in the past. I'm all for the idea of learning how to command the fastball inside. Um, not necessarily to move guys off the plate because you're not. Okay, no. you're just not. You just put it in. The, you just put it in the. Yeah, you're not moving off the plate. You're putting it, you know, on the plate inside. Right. You know. Um, and you know, there's always times to to go out of the zone for effect. Um, but I think the idea of just pitching inside to get a guy to back off, so then you can then go buy real estate outside. You want to buy real estate outside? Hit the outside corner with a fastball. Right. It's just it's. Uh, I, I think to me this was part of the problem when they talk about the communication issues uh, on on the team is that I, I think and the, I the guy I always picture in all of this is Martin Perez. These are all things that run counter to Martin Perez and who he is or was or whatever he's going to be with the Rangers at this point. And and I think you know uh, and and I don't want to dump too much of this on in Doug Brocale's lap, but you know he lasted one year as the pitching coach with the Astros uh, and. And, you know, to me, that should tell you something uh, when, when they brought him in to begin with. If the Astros don't want him as their pitching coach, I'm thinking maybe you don't want him either. Uh, and and I, I just think there was a, a feeling like, you know, we're going we're gonna to take this tough guy approach. And, and uh, Well, I, I think initially the idea with that was to make Derek Holland a tougher guy. Yeah. Um, that didn't work out. And then he went to San Francisco. You know, he, he had to do a little bit of a vagabond-type journey the last two years. But in San Francisco, he, he refound himself. Now, that's something of a pitcher's park, and it's the National League. But I think Derek reestablished himself this, this year. And, see, and, that, and to me, this is exactly the risk you're running with Martin Perez. If you Martin Perez, I don't see Martin Perez coming back at this point. Well, I, and I, I know where you stand, and I know where I stand on this. But yeah. I think that basic based on – where this team is and where Martin is, it's going to be best for him to go somewhere else. It might be best for him to do that. But here's, here's, the, here's the issue. If you are firing the manager uh, and probably dumping the entire staff because of a lack of communication, you're so you're going to say, we're going to get rid of this guy, and then we're going to get rid of this guy too. That, that might have been one of his victims. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens with the staff. I do think that if I was um, – if I was making odds on most imperiled coaches, I would probably put Brocale at the yeah. top of that list. Um, and and with that, I'd probably I'd probably add that Dan Warthen 
um, who came in to work with Brocale right. would either uh, I, I think they'll they'll change their the, this whole approach of having a catcher in the bullpen and having Warthen as an assistant pitching coach who didn't really have a role. I I, I could see Warthen staying on with the club in some other capacity, but I don't think it would be like is this kind of undefined yeah. assistant pitching coach. Um, uh, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see how much the new manager has a say in what his his staff looks like. Well, that, that Is that going to be the overriding, the state of the pitching staff? Is that going to be the overriding, one of the overriding credentials you look for in a new manager, or is it just going to be the organization will handle this? Uh, I think you, come in, you don't need expertise as far as putting together a staff or – I think I, I think there's got to be a level of communication there on who the on who the who the staff is. It's got to be I think it's got to be somebody a again the, the, the things that are going to be stressed are communication. So it's got to be a pitching coach who's a good communicator. Um, can't just be a mechanic. It's got to be somebody who who can come in and, and talk to pitchers and get them to understand. Okay, here here's here's where you're successful. Here's where you're not. But a big part of that is Rangers have got to get better in analytics and metric. Uh, metric translation so that the, their coaches can then present stuff to pitchers in a good way. Um, uh, but I think the overriding factor in the new manager and the new staff is all going to be communication. This is where the game is right now. You can, you can process lots of information. The front offices have far more information than they've ever had. Everybody's got some proprietary formula about how they're going to run game sims or anything like that. But the important thing is, how do you get guys to buy into things, and how do you get guys to understand what you're saying? Because a lot of this is stuff that, that hasn't been spoken to them before. Yeah, that, that's a, and that's a surprising thing to me when we think about uh, that the Rangers need to get better at analytics. It, you know, they hired a, a young GM from Cornell, and you would have thought that this would have been something that had been the forefront of the organization, and yet it, they, they, have, they have done it, uh, but not as much apparently, as they needed to. But re remember that this this GM, despite the fact that he came from Cornell and despite the fact that his, uh, you know, his number one evaluator, uh, A.J. Preller, was also a Cornell guy, um, these are guys who prided themselves on being scouting guys. And if they fell on one side of this great divide or the other, it was, you know, we value scouting first. Well, scouting is important. And I, I, I think that this club would be smart to hire some extra scouts this year because I think that right now scouting is undervalued in the game. But they also need to sink significant money into building out their analytics department. You go, you go to Dodger Stadium. We went to Dodger Stadium this year for the first time in a long time. And down in the basement, down near the clubhouse, there's basically a whole hallway that is nothing but offices but an analytics department that is running sims, putting together binders for guys on, okay, this is what you were doing here. Uh, this is what you're doing when you're doing, when you're doing well. And they've got a staff that takes that information and then can pass it on to, to the players. That's why I think it's important that the Rangers investigate the Dodgers significantly when they look to put together their, their new manager, you know, and, and how many are dedicated to doing that? In the Rangers right now, I don't know. See, this is something. Is it a true department or is it just? There, there's a there's a department, but it's it it doesn't have the same structure or organization that 
the the clubs like the Dodgers, the Astros, uh, Tampa Bay have. And the Dodgers are an organization. You watch them. You know, uh, they're constantly moving players around. Guys are playing multiple positions. They're they're doing things. You it's like, and you're wondering why are they doing that? Why why is the guy playing center field one inning and he's playing second base the next mm-hmm. inning? I mean, how, why is this happening? And then I'm sure they've got numbers to back all this up, and they can they can show. And I, look, I think you can overdo some well, of that. Absolutely. But, but particularly where pitchers are concerned, you can detect there are trends and things that you can detect. Trends and things. That's going to be my new store. <laughs> trends like and things. I'm yeah. opening a new store called Trends and Things. Yeah. Uh, but but there is a lot of there there is a lot of trend based information. I can go on on sites like Brooks Baseball and and Fangraphs and get stuff that just overwhelms me. But the Dodgers have people who can. Right, sift through that, find some. So real you're saying they got people smarter than you? Yes, yes. That's this is I know this is hard to believe. Unbelievable. Um, and and this is why I think that look, if, if you're, if I'm looking at a place, an organization I want to tap into in the interview process, it's the Dodgers. Whether it's ra- interviewing Raul Abanez, um, who's a special assistant right now, or Chris Woodward, who's their third base coach, or Bill Hasselman, who's their AAA manager, I want to try and tap into. How are you guys passing along information? What are you guys doing with information? This interview process is an opportunity for the Rangers to kind of tap into other organizations and get an idea of how their systems run. Yeah, that's an interesting concept, uh, getting around and talking to different people and seeing what they're doing and uh, and see where they are. I just don't, uh, you know... Uh, it's one thing to uh, to stomach a season like this one, but it's another one... To look at it and think, yeah, I don't, I don't see any reason to hope that this is going to be any better next year. Uh, and basically because of the pitching, I, I do think that the if you look at the lineup, I think there is plenty of reason to think that they they are going to improve next year. That's they're young guys. It's a very young lineup. It'll be even younger next year because Adrian Beltre won't be here, and uh, and that and those guys, most of them showed some improvement this year, and so that was very encouraging. So from that standpoint, you're gonna, I think you'll see uh, more development, but. From the on the pitching side, you know, unless there's just some complete surprises, which is you know, there's always a possibility of that, but they haven't surprised us very much in the last oh, I don't know, forty years. So I don't know why they would start surprising us now. Well, the last decade, I mean, they haven't they haven't developed very much pitching in the last decade. Uh, and to your point about the young hitters, here's something that the Rangers have to consider: if they've got depth anywhere, it's in left-handed hitters. Mm-hmm. They've got too many left-handed hitters. Too many left-handed hitters who play corner outfield positions or corner infield positions. Uh, if they're going to acquire a young pitcher of any controllable uh, service time, they're going to have to trade one of these left-handed hitters. And it comes down to, you know, do you trade Nomar Mazzara, who's got three years of service time before free agency? Do you trade Ronald Guzman? I think clearly Mazzara has more value than Guzman does at this point in time. Yeah, I'll say. Uh, yeah. So you're going to have to consider the possibility of trading this guy that you brought up at, at 20 years old who who showed all the talent in the world. The last three years have been pretty similar one year after another. There hasn't been marked offensive improvement. But I think it's something you're going to have to seriously consider. So you're not trading Joy Gallo? I... I I don't think so. I think that the Rangers will cons- would would consider trading any of these guys. The and question on Gallo is 
how will he be viewed value-wise? Will people look at the 40 home runs, or will they look at the 200-plus strikeouts and the low batting average? Um, he's an incredibly athletic player. I thought he played uh, average to above-average defense at every defensive spot he played, including center field. Mm-hmm. Um, he's more athletic and better defensively than Mazzara is. He's got more service time left than Mazzara does in, in before free agency. Um, it, I think your chances of having Joey around for multiple runs or multiple contention years is greater right now than it is Mazzara because I think that there's no way this team can this, – this team doesn't contend in 19, probably doesn't contend in 20. Be looking at Nomar going into his free agency year in 2021 – with one year of service time before before free agency, and if and, things and, don't go well, yeah. then you got to trade them for not much on the. And this isn't a pure baseball decision as far as what you do on the field, but who is their most marketable individual next year going forward? Who who excites the fans the most right now at this moment with his ability to do things? Joey's a polarizing figure because there's yeah. a lot of old timers who say, sure. "Oh my God, he strikes out too much," and then there's a lot of people who. Uh, who who kind of gravitate towards newer metrics, and they say, "Oh my God, look at the OPS! You know, look at the look at the forty home runs, look at the athletic ability." Um, I think he's I think he's very marketable. I I don't know that. Well, I don't think you can market him here for, right now. I think you could. I think you could I, I, th- I, I think he's very marketable in general. I just don't think you can say, "Come out and watch Joey Gallo's no. forty home runs and a hundred losses." Well, you're season. not going to have, yeah. 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 And, and I'm not saying, but I'm just saying, if if you're going to move one of your higher profile players and you don't have you that about, many really to right. do for pitching, you've got to you've got to get some return right away. I don't think you can say, "Let's move Joey Gallo because this pitcher could help us in right. 2021." I so mean, we, and that's where and, – and, and don't you, in developing the staff, don't you have to stair-step it? You can't just keep putting it – I mean, you have to have someone you can develop next year and, and then someone else. You're going to have to approach this in waves. I get it. But but the first wave has got to start next year, doesn't it? Well, I think the, the first wave probably starts to hit the second half of next year. I think mm-hmm. before the season is over, you'll see Joe Palumbo, you'll see Jonathan Hernandez, you'll see Taylor Hearn all pitch – all make starts for this club. But I, I think the longer they can prolong that um, with some stopgap things, it protects them, allows those guys to develop a little bit more, refine their game. Uh, and also, uh, I, we spend so much time talking about things like service time, but the service clock is going to be important because if you want to mm-hmm. open a window of opportunity, for the longest amount of time, you want these guys. You want to be, have control of these guys for the longest. Amount well, of time. you don't want to run them out there either, and just get their heads handed to them, you know. And then, and then work for David Clyde. Yeah, right. And then just then stunt their development. So that that's the problem. I, I thought you you, were, you don't, but you I, look. I get all that, but you've got to give the fans something next year in the second half of the season. I mean, I, I don't know that you can have coming off of this season and then going forward. It's not just enough to look forward to the Here's what you're stadium. giving fans in the second half of next season. Come say goodbye to the ballpark. Yeah. That's it. I mean. Yeah. So when you say marketable, see, I'm, I'm confused here. I didn't know if you were talking about what you're going to put on billboards or what you're trying to trade. No, no. I, I just mean, that. look, Beltre's gone. 
who will be the face of the franchise? I mean, yeah, who, well, Elvis is the who, face of the Elvis, franchise. Yeah, yeah. But and 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 to me, and, and but you want some young guys too to well, say, look, this, you've got it. Look, when you're bad, you still have to be able to sell hope and excitement. Right? Yeah, some, uh, and and that's and and, that's, and who's going to help you sell? That's that. part of that. But, but and that's the thing, you know, the best thing that could happen is next year start out at Double A with Palumbo, Hernandez, and and um, and Hearn all pitching really well at Double A. And you can market, you know, from from Frisco to the big leagues. These guys, these guys, is to do an old trite marketing campaign, you know, young guns type thing. Yeah. But um, and with with Taylor Hearn, you've got a Dallas area kid mm-hmm. that you'll be able to to market if he has success in the big leagues. Well, they're going to have to find that out in spring training. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens in spring training. And if, if any of these guys show anything to give them a reason to, you know, be on the opening day roster. No, none of them will. You don't think any? None? Said, there would be zero reason to put any of those guys on the opening day roster. Zero. Yeah. I mean, Hernandez has had a half a year at AA. They've had Hearn. Even though he spent the full year at AA, he's – he, he, they've had him for what eight starts. Is it not? What, it, it, but he was also pitching in another organization at a pretty high level at, at, at Double A. At Double A, yeah. Um, and Palumbo's coming back from Tommy John surgery, so I think his innings will be limited somewhat next year. I'm going to predict that that Ed Hearn is on the opening day roster. I don't think so. Right. so who, who are they most there? intrigued by out of that trio? I think they feel like Palumbo's the most advanced pitching prospect in terms of of feel and pitchability. Hearn's got a big arm. And he's um, left-handed. He's left-handed. Uh, but he's still got, you know, he's still got some command things that he's got to work on. Hernandez struggled once he got to double A this year. He dominated it at Down East, but he struggled once he got to double A. So I think they'll be they'll want to see how he pitches in the first half mm-hmm. at double A next year. They just gotta have some pitchers who can rack up some strikeouts. That, that's that's the, that's what the game is yeah. today. Sure. You know, it's, it's strikeouts and home runs. And then the thing is, is they're not striking anybody out. They're giving up home runs, but they're not striking anybody out. Yeah, I mean, they, so. they, they ranked last in the America. They, they ranked last in the majors in strikeouts this year. And in this, we'll see what the new ballpark is like in 2020. But in certainly in this ballpark, you can't allow guys to put balls in play. And the second part of that is your second baseman, Made some big strides defensively, but he's not a great defensive mm-hmm. second baseman. Elvis has been um, a slightly above average defensive shortstop, but not he's not Andrelton Simmons at you know no. at third base at, at shortstop. shortstop. At Beltre's hands are great, but he wasn't out there all the time. And Profar had an awful time throwing. I think he's continuing to get better, but he he made a lot of errors and and. And the outfield didn't do a great job of catching balls. No. So you've got to, if you've got a suspect pitching staff, you've got to have outstanding fielders. Behind so, so what you're saying is they can't pitch, they can't field, <laughs> they can hit a little bit. Home runs. Yeah, that's that's about it. Yeah, they hit, they hit a few home runs. They don't have very many guys hitting for average. So yeah, this is all part of. The, by the way, <laughs> batting at Let's batting put that on the billboard. Hey, how we want to go to batting stadium? averages here. They were they, they had the second worst batting average in franchise history. Yeah, yeah, two forty. I think they they ranked second to last in the major. And a lot of that has to do with shifts. You know, the shifts have changed the game so much. If you didn't have shifts, you'd have uh, the batting averages would have gone way up. And of course, they would have crossed baseball. But that when you're p- comparing it historically, if you'd have gone back and put shifts in back in the seventies and eighties and nineties. 
then people wouldn't have hit then either. It's, it's just changed the game so much. It'll be interesting to me to see what the commissioner does with that. You know, there's been lots of rumors about, you know, would you want to restrict them? Can you, can you do things? Because I, I think it's bad for baseball. You know, I, 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 it's hard to say you shouldn't have something that you can do. You can make an adjustment on defense. You can, football, you, you know, you make adjustments. But they're also always tinkering in football to make it better for the offenses. And baseball's not doing that at all. It's not doing well, anything to help the offenses. They will. Because every sport, that is what oh, captures absolutely. the imagination of the fan whenever it swings too far one way. Well, it, you had in the NBA where you had the zone defenses come in and then the scoring drop plummeted and then it's like, okay, how do we address this and get it back right. up? NFL is doing it now, NHL to a lesser extent, but baseball will do it as well. It, it, well, it needs to. Out. It certainly needs to. Because I think this is a it's reached a pivotal point because, as Evan said, when you talk about the old-time fans and they see these averages and they see the numbers drop like this and they see people not getting hit and everybody striking out or trying to hit home runs, it's like they're not sure they like this game anymore. And uh, and, I, and I'm not and really I'm not sure I do either. I mean, that's I, a generational and a transitional. I mean, it's like the NBA now is all dunks or three oh points is what people say, and you've lost all, the whole intermediate game. Right. And and some people that offends the purest that offends, and others is like. This is much more exciting. This right. is much more mm-hmm. attack-oriented, and why, why shouldn't it be this way? But at least the numbers are up overall. In baseball, now they are. the, yeah. numbers, the yeah. numbers aren't. So yeah. I just I think that's going to be an issue going forward. But, boys, we need to wrap up this baseball but thing. Real quickly, but based on, Evan, what you're saying, I should really look forward to you giving architectural <laughs> updates and construction <laughs> updates next year more so than what's taking place on the field that is what i should look forward to yes right up until they announce that they're going to artificial turf and then everybody else will <laughs> oh my gosh you know evan's going to cover everyone's going to cover the games from the new ballpark he'll go from frisco i like it we'll set like you up it. at the new ballpark in frisco that'll be, shuttle back and forth that'll yeah. be great yeah yeah <laughs> All right, so so that's our Rangers coverage for today. We didn't talk about Adrian Beltre very much. Um, uh, he's always I, next week. He's not coming back. Bang, that's it. I Done. can't. I, I, he certainly looked like a man retiring uh, over the course of this weekend, and I thought that over the last week there was an awful lot of reminiscing and um, just enjoying the moment. And as Adrian said on Sunday, you know, I don't know if I'll be back, don't know if I won't. But I certainly wanted to, you know, treat it like this was my last time so yeah. that if it isn't, uh, that if it is, I won't have overlooked it, you know. Right. So um, all I can say is it's it was a privilege uh, to be able to watch that for eight years uh, on the field. Um, guys who make watching the game fun uh, – Still, I, I think we all got into this to some to some extent to watch guys play great baseball or play sports at a at a high level and enjoy what they're doing. And Adrian seemed to do that every moment. And the interplay with him uh, in the clubhouse, you know, the just the language of the clubhouse. I think everybody knows is when when you can verbally joust with somebody, um, that's when they feel like they trust you a little bit, and they they feel like they can be smart ass back to you and adrian's as good at that as anybody i've ever seen um makes you laugh makes you constantly keeps you on your feet so it was just fun to cover the guy there's i i wish i could come up with a better word but it just was me too it was fun it was fun he's a fun guy uh but it's over it's done it's out 
And, you know, I, <laughs> okay. so, no, I mean, hey, it was fun while it lasted. You know, what the no, heck? I'm, I'm sorry. See ya. That, I'm sorry he got Can't married. Can't wait to read your Dirk Thank, retirement Thanks column. for the memories. Well, I'm sorry. Dirk, I'm, you're I'm, a blast. See you later. I'm sorry. <laughs> don't he, let the door hit you. He got caught up Dirk. in all this mess, but I don't want him to play anymore in this mess. Why would you want him to come back and play on this team? It'd be a disaster. He needs to be, a, he needs to be long gone from this and disassociated from it. Wow. This was no way for a guy to go out. What about what career. he wants? That is what he wants. That's why he wants to quit, I'm telling you. He, he didn't want to come back and play this way on this team and not play at the level, not play at the Hall of Fame level. All right, let's down. get to the Cowboys so you can kick some more people out of town. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Until next time, sports fans, we'll see you.